everyone. Welcome to episode 110 of the Stallion Pancake Podcast. I'm Jason Ackerman, three-time marathon finisher. I'm 110 times older than I was when we started this podcast. Yvonne Ackerman. I don't think you understand math. <sighs> That's 100% true. <laughs> 110% true. Uh, We're here alone. We have a special guest. It's ourselves. <laughs> it's just us in here. Yeah, we um, we're alone with our thoughts and our marital partners. <laughs> uh, we came back from a trip from Chicago where I ran the Chicago Marathon. What a week, man! I have some thoughts on marathons. We have so much to talk about. Okay, t- tell me. Your Can thoughts I give some thoughts? Okay, sure. first of all, you run so for twenty six miles. Yeah, you run twenty six point two. Uh, don't ever forget the point two. Okay, marathons are weird places. They're just like. And stuff that you, you can do stuff during a marathon that you can't do like any other time. You mean like peeing in public? Yeah. So this, this marathon was like the first time, this is my third one. So I'm basically a professional. My yeah. favorite sign was you paid to do this. So they had all these fun signs and that was one of my favorite ones. It's like, yeah, I did pay yeah. to do this. This is weird. Not rational. The best sign miles. I saw was pain or pawn is just the French word for bread. Yeah. <laughs> and, that was and good. the other one had a uh, Lori Laughlin and it said, I can get you into Boston. Yeah, that was good. Too. Those are the two best signs. Um, Jason did a really good job and I was really proud of him and it was the most crowded marathon he's done. Um, yeah. So, so weird three. things like people just, they'll just start like urinating on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Just like whenever. That's not that shocking. I, I want to know if somebody pooped. Oh, people poop too. Like and on just the keep side going. of the road? Yeah. Yeah. No. Anything's possible. No, I'm saying, did you see somebody poop? I have not seen it, but I've heard stories where people do that. I did not see it with my own eyes, but I have heard that. I feel like it'd be more likely that the poop would just come out. Like you wouldn't stop. Poop comes out the butt. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It would just like come out of your leg. Yeah. And then people just like throw shit like all over the place. Oh, there's so much litter, but they do a really good job picking it up. But it's like you, you have a drink, just throw it like right at anybody yeah, sweaters drinks yeah sweaters like people so people if it's cold they'll bring a sweater and they'll they'll basically like discard it and they donate that mm-hmm. but people were just like at the start of the marathon just taking off their sweater and just throwing it down like in front of the other runners pretty intense but here's my biggest pet peeve so after the marathon you get a medal i love a medal more than anybody why else you do it yeah i love a medal but I wear it for like 10 minutes and then I take it off. And then you frame it or you do whatever. Yeah, you do whatever. It's your personal medal. I think that's as long as you need to wear a medal. You don't need to wear it to dinner that night to Alinea, as some people were doing. We saw that. We saw people wearing it the next day out getting pizza. We saw people wearing it the next day going home. (laughs) Yeah. So... I well, think I guess that's was the same day. But now, your brother and, and his girlfriends, they saw people wearing it on Tuesday still at the yeah. airport. So that's, no, that's two three days, days later. Well, like, yeah. Like, it's cool. You did the marathon with 50,000 other people. Now, there's one exception. If you win the marathon, you can wear the medal for the year until the Nets marathon, until the Nets Chicago marathon. But that's the only exception. You can even shower in it. Yeah. Like, you if I won the marathon, I would never take it off. <laughs> we had the funniest Uber driver. Uh, he was from, was he from Belarus? Or was no, he's he from Ukraine. Ukraine. And he was like, did you win marathon? So he, <laughs> so he was, tra- <laughs> so he was trying to learn English. So he, he had like these uh, standard questions so straight from, it was straight from like the textbook. He's like, what hobby you have? <laughs> do you like winter sports? Yeah. Do you like winter sports? <laughs> He's like, oh, marathon. Did you win? <laughs> and then he was like, <laughs> women. Do they like, participate? Yeah. He was like, they let women do or no? <laughs> it was like straight from Borat, and I love it. They're and, so nice. And then yeah, he was like, you guys speak other languages, and we're like, no, we're idiots. Like, yeah. And he's like, my English isn't good. We had so many people say that. Yeah, he's like, Your he's English like my is English perfect. isn't good, but he spoke perfect English. Yeah, yeah. and we're just idiots. And he literally, it was interesting. We had a couple of Uber drivers that like came straight from. We had one from Venezuela. Yeah. One from Ukraine. Like they're coming from crappy countries. Don't speak English when they come here. And yeah, and they just learn. And it's pretty amazing. And, and Uber is a good way to learn. That's why immigration is important. Yeah, but one of the things we like to do at home is just. Uh, 
like that really fun Borat accent Hello. all day long. Yeah. So that, shout out to that Uber driver for giving us a lot of fun fodder yeah. for many days. Yeah. <laughs> well, before we go back to Chicago, I want to talk about what happened locally this week. There's an earthquake. We had, yeah, we had a, we had some events. So okay. first I want to start with the batch maker. Yes. So the day before we went to Chicago, Chris from The Batchmaker, whom I had never met, but I had heard a lot of things about from our dear friend, Allie, who literally just texted me. Oh, my God. What did she te- read it out loud? God, I don't know if it's going to be safe for work. Allie, it's like her ears were burning. What'd she say? She said, uh... Die. Oh, <laughs> I can't say that on the pod. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, it's not cool, Allie, and I will respond to that text in a minute. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah. Allie and I, we, we text the dirt, man. If you want to know what's really happening in Charlotte, you want the real Charlotte news? Yeah. It's on this text thread. <laughs> anyway, um, so Allie had always sung her praises at the Batchmaker, so she used to just do... Um, she, like, you could order batches like online deliveries. ahead of time and you could pick them up or get them delivered. I don't know which, but um, it could have like a random assortment of things. So now she has a I'm brick and mortar. Oh, great. That always smells awesome. Um, so she's in the old Basil coffee place, which I had always wanted to go there for coffee. Never made it. Did not realize that there was one of the reasons I didn't go there is because I'm always afraid at a coffee place what the parking situation is going to be. There is ample parking. Ample parking. There is street parking, parking, parking lot. Um, and it's off of Freedom Drive, pretty close to Cuplux, which is awesome. And uh, we were too late today. We were. It's right across the street from uh, the Burger Company, like that little and Pinkies, like Caddy Corner from yeah, Pinkies. Yeah, near Pinkies. So, um, but we were too late today. We didn't get anything, but she gave us a. Yeah, batch. so they opened at nine. We got there at eleven forty-five. Completely sold out. Completely sold out, which is awesome, and I'm not surprised. So last week she gave us a sampling. She did that instead of doing like a, a media night. She did this, which is great because I didn't have to leave my house and I got tons of baked goods delivered to my work. Um, so she gave us slices of cake, which I think is great. I'm so glad she's doing slices of cake. I told Jason, I think we need more bakeries to do that. And some cakes can like, it's like, I don't want, and I don't want to buy a whole cake. And I also don't want a tart. I just want a slice of cake. Mm-hmm. So she had a really good chocolate cake. That was my favorite thing. Um, her best thing is the brownie. Jason she really makes the, the brownie. best brownie in town. Hands down. I'll fight you for it. There was an oatmeal cream pie, which was ridiculous. Yeah, all of her cookies were delicious, too. Love the cookies. The See, chocolate I'm not chip. A, I'm not a cake man, per se. I like a cookie. So I'd rather have cake than a cookie. But I love a, I love a good... like. See, this brownie was so... It was dense and moist. Yeah, it's... Her, stu- her stuff is super M-word. Yeah. It's M-wording all over the place. Um, and it's amazing. Like the pumpkin Boys. spice cake. Oh, my gosh. It's seriously, I think it's the best stuff going in Charlotte so go now support as far her. as baked goods. Some of the other bakeries in town can be a little hit or miss. Everything she has is 100% solid. Um, and she's making it herself. Like she's And when, just and a when it's sold out, it's sold operation. out. Operation. She's a mom. It's all handmade. And it's in a lovely space. There's lots of tables. Do you think she has her kids as child labor yet or no? I hope so. I'm not sure how old her kids are, but I hope she gets them going on that. Yeah, me too. So um, that's amazing. Yay for Chris. Yay for the batch maker. Go see her. Um, And then we also did a dinner this week in a super secret special location at a home in Myers Park. Yeah. So this chef, Sam Hart, heard about us from Rob, we think. Rob Clement from the Porter's House. Um put our names on a list because this was not your typical influencer dinner we got an email out of the blue which normally when we get emails out of the blue we decline it's like uh nigerian prince emails <laughs> yeah uh well and yeah we could just we knew this guy was legit because he had been working at alinea yeah which you can't just work at alinea is insane because we were like wow so you're having a dinner like three days after we're going to alinea yeah and you worked at alinea and he'd also been to schwa and staged there um, we found out too, which is the other place we went in Chicago. So it was just really weird timing. Um, but we were at this dinner, and so we realized on our way there that it was at a house. Yeah. So we didn't really know what was ha- what was going on, and I doodled the address. I thought it was at some restaurant or some space. No, it was at this lady's house. Really awesome place in Myers Park. Beautiful home. We walk in there. It's like super rich people. Yeah, so basically he did two dinners. He did one last um, Wednesday and last 
Thursday and he did them pretty much for like, it seemed like for investors, possible investors, not yeah. people who have, but and um, then he wanted us to promote it. And he said he invited us and one other influencer and we're not mm. sure who it was. There was someone who did not show up to the dinner. There were two people. So we don't know if that was the other influencer or if they came on Thursday. I didn't see anyone post. So let us know if you were the other influencer because I'm curious. Um, but it was, so it was really different from anything else that we've ever done. And he ex- uh, said in the invite that it was going to be an immersive experience, which really had us intrigued. So let's talk a little bit about what we ate. So first, I think we need to set the scene. So, okay. it's, uh, so it's at this lady's house. Mm-hmm. We're the only people who had been to a Michelin star restaurant. I think that's safe to say. The other people were rich, had been to nice restaurants, but didn't understand, like, didn't, didn't know a three Michelin this star restaurant experience. This was 100% the craziest <laughs> dining experience these people had ever had, for sure. Yeah, like, they're, they're used to, they think, the like, the Fig Tree to them, that's, like, the pinnacle of restaurants. Nothing against Fig Tree, but, like, main we don't know starches. that for sure. See, I think that that's not 100% true. I think that's pretty guessing. accurate based on what they were talking about. I will say it's true that they were all very rich and we were just us. Yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> we have a couple less zeros next to our name. <laughs> yeah, just a couple. But uh, so, so it was interesting from that aspect because, you know, we've been to all these nice places around the world. So the food that we had, like, and and it was kind of interesting because he was making fun of some of them and some of his dishes and playing off them and alluding to things. Yeah, like Alinea has some giant plates with a really tiny amount of food in them. So one of the dishes was poking fun at that. So yeah. Chef Hart and his partner, Aaron, they met while working at um, Foxcroft Wine Company. Because um, Chef Hart has worked at a few different places in town. Yeah, so he grew up in Charlotte, mm-hmm. worked here. Then he went to Chicago, I guess, for the last year or two. Has been working in places there. And then he, along with Aaron, decided to open up his restaurant, Anomaly, which Anomaly. is going to open next summer. Late next summer. At some point. But they're going to start doing pop-ups in December. So, And this was the first, this was like the trial pop-up, mainly for investors and for a couple lucky people like us and so they're not doing servers so they're gonna have um sort of like a most of the tables are gonna be like a horseshoe concept around the kitchen which is something that we enjoyed at the kitchen table in london which is an awesome concept um and also they're gonna try to keep overhead low by not having servers um aaron's doing the wine program um so it's kind of a trend with the higher end places that you and not like the three Michelin star place because they really they have like a million servers, but maybe a one or two Michelin star experience. It's all it's very small, so he's gonna have twenty five seats. And he referenced Schwa too, which yeah. we'll get into in a minute. In Chicago, they do it like that. So, so the they basically have the four food. people cooking and serving. Very small amount, really high end stuff, really cool, but not a lot of the th- the. Th- frills of a meal it's gonna be no uh, liquor yeah just, just wine just wine which is pretty typical at a yeah three michelin star place a lot of the michelin fancier star restaurants place. they don't do liquor. so yeah just um they'll have some non-alcoholic things wine beer and then they're gonna do a tasting meal which is gonna be around 12 courses he said and then they'll you'll have some supplements and you'll be able to pick the wine pairing that you want based on tiers. Yeah. Which or at least the, that's the concept at the time. Of, of course, this could all change. It could all change. Yeah. So let's talk about a couple of the dishes. I don't think we, there were so many courses, so yeah. I don't think we have time. Um, I think so what was the outstanding a, dish for you? So uh, the outstanding dish might not have been my, my favorite, but it's the one that I've told you. And I also told yeah. chef this, that I can't stop thinking about it. Um, so he did, um, it was chicken thighs, right? Mm-hmm. So it was chicken thighs encased in a pretty thick chocolate shell that was made to look like a chicken drumstick and you took out there was a real bone coming out of like the dome of chocolate that was made to look like the meat and you took the drumstick out and you hit it to crack the chocolate yeah um and you ate it all together and it was like it was in a it was pretty much like a mole right like a spicy dark sauce and then the chocolate also brought out that mole flavor um it was just such an unusual i mean obviously an unusual and creative presentation um you know yeah i mean and like of course there's chocolate and mole and that's a pretty 
it's not a crazy out there flavor combination, but the amount of chocolate that he put on there and like the play of the sweet and the savory was really something else and really different from anything else I've ever tried. And it was so good. And it just stuck with me. Um, I really loved it. Yeah. I would say the only problem I have with that dish is it needs to be a little bit more refined because as you cracked open the top, it was a little hard to eat. And I like put my fork in and like stuff flew all around the table. So it needs like a little bit of just final touching, a little bit of fitting. But as far as the flavors and the presentation and everything, it was, that was pretty outstanding. And I thought it could have been a little bit of a smaller portion because the flavors were so intense that I thought that, I thought overall he did a great job with like feeding us the right amount of food. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel, leave hungry. I didn't leave stuffed. But yeah. on that dish, the flavors were so intense that I got a little fatigued on it near the end. Yeah. And I'd rather have that one wish me like that, you know, I had left wanting a little bit more. Um, but I agree. I think that like the texture of the chicken inside could have been, um, I don't know if I wanted it more finely chopped or there was something just, I, I, I agree with you. I think it might need like maybe one or two rounds um, of yeah, it just needs a little to be like, but to be like an absolutely perfect dish. Yeah. I mean, it was really mind blowing. Yeah. Um, and what was really cool about this whole dinner experience was like, if he can pull this off in Charlotte, this is going to be really game changing, I think, for Charlotte because he put it a really good way. It's like a lot of the chefs in town are just too scared to do a tasty menu. There's there's chefs in town that are talented enough to do it, but they just won't do it because they don't think Charlotte's ready for it. And he's like, Charlotte's ready for it, and he's going to do something like this. And I, I think if he can do it and it can be successful, it's going to lead to a whole nother iteration of Charlotte that's going to even bring our food seen even better yeah and something that we've been talking about a lot of the investors were like well you know like you've got to think about this and that and almost like getting more butts and seats and reaching a wider audience and something that jason said is like you can't really do that because it's only going to appeal this is not for the masses like and if you think bardo's crazy like this is on a whole nother level of of out there so you know it's not for everyone and the price point's going to make it also not for everyone and that's okay yeah because it doesn't it's not supposed to be also from an investor perspective like you're never going to make lots of money on this because it's just not designed for it you have 25 people let's say they're spending 200 dollars each like you're talking about one and a half million bucks two million bucks a year you know they could do a little bit more but you're never going to get that return on investment. You're never going to get rich from it. Like the way the chefs make money down the road is they open up new places, they get cookbooks, stuff like that. So, and that's what I don't think the investors understood. It's like you're investing in this because you love food and you want the Charlotte food scene to get better and you want a James Beard award to come to Charlotte. It's like or an investment one of in these the big, community versus getting yeah. the return back. Yeah, you want it, it? It's for someone who says, "I invest in this restaurant, and this restaurant put Charlotte on the map nationally." So, what was your favorite dish? So, my favorite one was the pork belly. Oh, okay. So it was a, and then that dish was very good. The tru- he had a truffle dish, which was very good a as well. A two hundred layer pave potato. <laughs> yeah, which, which was I mean, I don't know if it was that really two hundred layers, but it was a really like finely sliced layer of potato with a huge thick ass. Thick ass piece of truffle on it the, the, the thickest truffle i've ever had i've had more truffles but have i had them this thick no it was amazing it, that was i mean that was like a perfect honestly bite. the only dish i really didn't care for was the first one in the magnifying glass yeah which was really cool the concept was really cool just needs a little bit it was like an oyster like wrapped it. in a leaf with a little bit of caviar with yeah. a shooter of kombucha and then you ate the oyster in the leaf off of a magnifying glass and then you used the magnifying glass to read the menu because it was printed super small um yeah, that yeah. one, that one, needed, needs a little, that one needed a help. little bit more work, um, but, but really cool presentation. But the pork belly itself, like, perfectly cut, like, I've, and it was a, it was a big piece of pork belly. And it was the fattiest pork belly I've ever had, and it's not hard, in a bad way. It's it hard to do mouth. pork belly right. You can mess up pork belly really quickly. You can overcook it. You can undercook it. This was just cut, and it was a big, it wasn't like a small piece where you could hide it. Like, it was a big piece of pork belly where if you messed it up at all, you were going to know right away. And it had a really delicious mustard sauce on top that I just I just thought as far as execution that was in flavor that was probably my favorite dish but it was it was hard like the dessert was 
the desserts were great. Everything was great. It was it was an amazing. It was a meal. great meal, um, and, and I'm I super excited. <laughs> and they're gonna do a pop up in December. And you'll see us there, 100. percent We'll be going. Yeah, and he's gonna. We'll promote it too. He so. did this one dish. It was a, like a casserole, and it tasted like Thanksgiving. It was like kind of like an in between course for the savories and dessert. Um, oh, the sweet potato the one. Sweet potato mousse with a pecan pie crumble, marshmallow brulee, pickled sweet potato, micro sage, and sage oil. Yeah. And. It was light. It was vegetables. It was sweet, but it was, it literally tasted like Thanksgiving day. It was so nostalgic and so evocative for me. Yeah. Um, evocative. I don't know. And the fact that like they did it in someone's house, like they didn't have enough like, you know, plates and silverware. They were back there like washing stuff. Like it was amazing what they you know were what? I'm going to throw it out. He can do it at our house. Yeah. A pop up. We should offer it up. We don't have like a big, maybe we'll do my table. parents' house. She'd love to do that. Oh yeah. Your mom would love that. She is getting a new kitchen done. She'd have the space. Be the only person ever cooking there. Yeah. So be on the lookout for chef Sam Hart um, and everything. Yeah. He's follow got going follow on. them. Thank it's you. Anomaly CLT on chef Instagram. And Aaron for their hospitality. Really yep. excited at about Anomaly that. CLT. I really hope they can pull it off. Yeah. Awesome. And okay. I really just hope that he doesn't listen to all these naysayers and he doesn't need, he has a great vision. Sam, do you? The Charlotte food scene has a lot of negativity right now. Yeah. That's not what we need. So yeah. Sam, you have a good you vision. Can do this. You can do it. Don't let people He's going to come on the podcast too. So we'll talk about so. a bunch of stuff. Now let's talk about where he's working currently, which is in Chicago. Yeah. Well. Chicago is a great food city. Amazing. We didn't even scratch the surface. We were only there for a long weekend. And of course, Jason had the marathon. Um, but we started out Friday night at Schwa which is where Mike Knoll from Bardo got his start, his like first real fine dining. I don't know if that was second. his first. It was his second. But he spent a lot of time there. So I had never really heard of Schwa until Mike Knoll started talking about which it. Which is crazy because it's super famous. I hadn't either. So the main guy, and I just blanked on his name, so I think it was Rob. Um, he worked at Alinea, and then he opened up his own place. Uh what was cool for me, I wanted to go there because of Mike Knoll, and I wanted to see how that place influenced Bardo. So Schwa, you walk in, it's like completely black. It's like spray painted black with black art on the on the wall. Um, it sat, how many people did it see? 24? So the chef's name is Michael Carlson. Michael Carlson. Yeah, and it shot, I think it was about 20, 26, I think. Um, so 20, it's super small and it's got like, it's, they're known for playing, um, long before, uh, little spoon. They're known for playing, you know, like hardcore rap music and like, it's really dark and moody that like, like we said, yeah. the servers run the food. Like it's a really untraditional, um, and it's got two Michelin stars, one Michelin star. One Michelin star. Um, it should have more in my opinion. It was really phenomenal. So, um, it's BYOB. So you bring your own drinks. They only have water. So we got a, and, and he said they might have a Coke in the back <laughs> yeah, <laughs> somewhere. And they are, you're supposed to like, like Mike Noel was like, you need to bring a bottle of liquor for the chefs. But we were running super late because Jason had, we had to go to the marathon expo so Jason could get his packet. We had to change hotel rooms because Jason booked us in a slum, like terrible place that I was not going to stay for another minute. This slum was on Grand Park, but yeah. It's not nice. So we were running a little late. So we got there and Jason had to run down to the Mexican grocery, which turned out to be a big win. You said it was cool in there. I wish I had gotten yeah. a chance to go in. So he comes back with a, a tamarind soda for him. A jarito. A guava roll a <laughs> for guava the table. Roll. Yeah. <laughs> and a bottle of Patron. So it was it was like tight. Yeah, I, I was like, I'm not going to do this dinner without liquor. So I'm lucky that we're lucky that store and you was had right like down the way. At least six shots. Yeah. I, I was very a, proud. I did a pretty good job on that bottle. I was ready to party. Um, interesting thing about Schwa. So apparently like they were, he was known, it was known for being like a, a drug scene, basically. Like there were rumors that customers would go in the back and do drugs with the chef afterwards. And the chef has admitted to all of this, um, that he had a, a drug problem and actually like he got so over. So he, after he opened up Schwa, he was helping out Grant. I don't know. Chef Sam Hart said, his, I've always said Aches, but chef Sam Hart, who knows, I'm sure said his name, like or something. I don't know. We're probably not saying it right. Yeah. But anyway, the chef from Alinea, he was doing um like a dinner with him, like went back to cook with him and he got so overwhelmed and so stressed out that he just left the restaurant and shut it down for several months and people didn't even know where he went or what had happened. 
And I guess for a little while before that, they kept shutting down unexpectedly. And well, that's what Mike Knoll said. He said sometimes he would just come in and the chef would be like, we're not going to work today. Let's go out and drink. Yeah. And they would say like they would put a sign on the door that said plumbing problems and stuff. And <laughs> and like one of the people who, <laughs> were, who was coming to do it was um, a food critic. I forget from which outlet, but um, was coming to do the review. And that's what he had to put in his review. Like I wasn't able to go to the restaurant tonight because the restaurant canceled my reservation at the last minute. So um, anyway, so after he came back from this like hiatus, the restaurant sort of got its act together and they don't do that anymore. And it's more, you know, more professional, but still very edgy compared to most Michelin star experiences. Um, So we started the tasting with a golf course. Yeah. So this was, so obviously I'm a big golfer as all of our listeners know. Um, Really cool course. So it was a play on an Arnold Palmer. So an Arnold Palmer is traditionally, it's like a, it's a iced quarter. Tea and lemonade. Yeah, but it's a quarter lemonade and then a quarter tea and then a quarter sugar. Mm-hmm. It's basically the way they did it. Or half lemonade, something. So basically it was each, they brought out a AstroTurf with a golf ball on it and, and then teas. And all these teas had either a citrus flavor for the lemonade, a tea flavor, so like herbals for the tea or like sweet stuff. Mm-hmm. And you were supposed to put, they gave you a shot glass too, which we use for the tequila. And they're like, no, you weren't supposed to use it for that. (laughs) The guy was so mad. Yeah. (laughs) He was like, that was for the dish. So let me go get you another one. (laughs) And it turns out our server actually worked at five church at some point, which was pretty crazy. Really crazy. Um, But yeah, so it was a shot glass. You were basically supposed to mix your, they said put two or three, mix your Arnold Palmer together in the shot glass. Yeah. And it was hard to do because some of the herbal elements were actually leaves. Um, and it's kind of hard. Like there wasn't like a real liquid element. So it was sort of hard sometimes to shoot it. So basically Jason and I just started using our spoon to mix the different elements. Um, we thought that this dish was not the best of the night. This was actually my least favorite tasting. But as far as it was a great starting dish because you were like, oh, this is going to be crazy. Like yeah. There's going to be crazy it stuff. It really set there. the tone. And also it's a nice beginning dish because it allows like for people coming in late to their reservations. It allowed them to like get everybody up to speed on the pacing um, to get all the tables on the, the same place. So I think it works well for a first dish. It was fun and exciting and light. Um, what? So the, actually the whole meal was pretty light. So there were a ton of courses. We're not so, going to go through so every single one. I'd say the one thing but, that is a knock on schwa is I left hungry. And when you're doing a tasting menu, you don't want to leave hungry. And as we get to Alinea, not enough restaurants really think about getting you the perfect amount of full because that is an art. And you either leave these tasting menus ridiculously full and you don't want to do anything or you leave like schwa, like I'm legit hungry. I need to go to In-N-Out. We went to a pizza place. Yeah. After schwa. Now we didn't get in because the wait was three hours, but <laughs> we tried to go to Pequod's. We after. did actually order pizza uh, to the room. Yeah, because so. we were hungry. So that that's my only knock. Like it needed to be a little bit more. So, what was your favorite dish? Well, so my favorite. I have like maybe two favorites, but one of my the one that probably stuck with me the most was the one after the golf amuse-bouche. Yes. Um, it was a ravioli. And mm-hmm. it was like a truffle um, ravioli, and it was just it was one bite, one bite, and it was kind of a big bite. They I served told it in Jason. a real in a huge spoon. I know we're saying that like the portions were a little too small, but like I thought this one was actually just a little too big for a bite. I would have preferred like a fork, um, but really rich truffley deliciousness. Parmesan. I loved that one. Yeah, I would say so. There was a couple. Honestly, all the dishes were outstanding. Like we after that. You know, we were in a little fight over the hotel. Mm-hmm. Jason wasn't in a good mood. Yeah. I was over it because I knew we were moving hotels, so I was fine. But so, but after it, we were like, every freaking dish was incredible here. Like, it was really freaking good. And this to me immediately skyrocketed to my top five favorite restaurants we have ever been. Oh. Like, to me, wow. This is number three currently. It goes like Noma, Atelier Cran, and this place. Oh. Like, this was above Alinea for me. I'm going to go ahead and See, say See, I'm going to disagree. I liked Alinea better, and we'll we'll explain why later. So, a couple of the really outstanding dishes. So, the best dish for me was, 
it was a it was the cheese course and it mm. was parmesan and banana which i never had that flavor combination people were making fun of us on instagram they're yeah, like yeah they were we had one of your ex coworkers <laughs> post a picture of a banana with gr- with grated sh- cheese with cheap ash parmesan cheese grated and she over was it. like same over here banana and cheese <laughs> <laughs> which is pretty funny it but was funny it, so this was four-year-old aged parmesan and they had a banana it was almost like a paste. It was a chewy banana, like a dried yeah. banana. But it no, it was in a paste though. It was. Yeah, it, but it wasn't like a soft banana. Yeah, like it, w- it was. It was dried. And it was, the flavor combination with that, was so outstanding, like you would never think that goes together, but it freaking goes together, so good. It makes you want to eat, parmesan and banana sandwiches all day. <laughs> like so delicious. Um, that. That was like the when I when I look back in five years, that's gonna be the one that I remember the most. Although I will remember the golf thing because that was so inventive, but that dish was incredible. They had one that was like a French onion dip with caviar that was really good. Yeah, um, that was like the caviar course. They the, did one that was very a few that were very reminiscent for us of dishes we had in Peru at Maido and Central. Um, one so, of them was corn, and it was literally like because we took our notebooks for the first time. This was the first dinner we did that, and. I mean, it was corn, like, literally 15 different ways. Like, it had, like, corn silk and corn shoots and, um, you know, puffed kernels. And yeah. It was crazy. And what's funny is that Alinea, they had the same thing. And we all yeah, know about Yvonne's crazy corn but fear, I've been which eating is corn gone. And I and haven't broken out. So I've just been eating the corn. So I'm going to go fear eat is the gone. sweet corn donut uh, from your mom's donuts. The, the other outstanding dish that I thought was incredible, too, was they did a wagyu mm-hmm. a beef wagyu and they, they it was kind of two courses so they had the first one with the radishes that was actually the wagyu which and they had it was wagyu fat enrobed no, no that's the next one oh, okay so they had the actual wagyu and then the next course they did a right, radish was, so wagyu was sliced radishes with sliced radishes okay. and then they served the radishes on a little steak with the wagyu fat and then they made a a wadu bun. Yes, like a bao bun. A bao bun. And, um, and, and it steamed in these bamboo steamers for like three courses just yeah. on the table, which was really awesome. So you were anticipating what was in the yeah, steamer. Yeah, we're like, what's in here? Um, and it was, you know, wagyu in a bun. I mean, like that's the best bun you'll ever have in your whole life. Yeah. It was incredible. And also I really liked the dessert. Yeah, the orange cake. Yeah, the they had an orange cake that had mascarpone cheese inside of it. I th- was it mars? It wasn't mascarpone. It was something heavier no. and more pungent. Um, but basically, it. I don't know. It just it, it was me a away. fantastic meal, and it was like the flavors y- y- were insane. You know what Every was cool about it? Every dish had about fourteen too. different things happening. Yeah, it was like no frills. It's like you're here for the food. We're not going to worry about the decor. We're not going to worry about the service. The service was fine. It wasn't anything special, but it wasn't bad. But like you're here to freaking experience the food we're not gonna have any art on the wall not gonna have anything and i love the music like i was bopping the whole time like it was a lot of fun and having the chefs run the food you actually go to the bathroom in the kitchen which is awesome so every time i went back there i got to like sneak a peek of what was coming next and what's also cool so most restaurants high-end restaurants in chicago they use talk which was actually invented by alinea and it's a system where you basically when you get the reservation you pay up front so they literally like and they don't serve alcohol. So there's nothing for you to pay for. Yeah, normally you have to pay for your drinks, but yeah, here that's it. You so, brought your own So you don't even need a wallet. You can walk in there, you're there to enjoy the meal and then you just leave. One of the most fun experiences as far as like the waiters weren't super engaging or fun or even I wouldn't say they were very like laid back compared to like even Alinea, I think they were more laid back. Yeah. But the patrons were having such a good time, which I think partially helps with the BYOB because you're not like Ooh, should I have another cocktail? Are they $15? What do I order? What do I feel yeah, like? Exactly. People just drink all the alcohol they brought, which is from like, you know, some people brought like five or six bottles of wine to do, and they will pair it for you. Um, if you want to bring it and they'll like decide what goes with what, or like, you know, I was the only one who had my own personal bottle of tequila, but like it just made it a little bit more, I don't know. It was loose. And, and it fun. kind of made your own experience. Like you were having all the same stuff, but. And because the music's loud, people were yeah. talking loudly over it. And I just thought, and I it know was we, a cool vibe. I wish we hadn't been in an argument. That's happened a couple other times, like not arguments, but like we'll be tired from like jet lag or we've had another meal that day or like sometimes like, the you know, and Jason talks about this too, as far as the experience being different at every restaurant, but like it was kind of what we brought into it. So I'd like to go back. Um, yeah. 
with a little bit more like a fresh and mind. so it ended up being two hundred dollars a person mm-hmm. which you know for that level of food is a very good price like when you go to Alinea, you're gonna spend 350 at least so it it's a good if you're going to chicago and you only have one thing to do and you don't want to spend 350 but you want to spend 200 go to schwa and i very really good. i mean and you can what tell, made it stand out to me were just like you you have not had some of these flavors in your entire life yeah like my like all my neurons were firing neurons I was like what am i tasting what is happening it was so out there some of it really inventive really um and no missteps no missteps like you know like the golf one was like a little hard to eat or whatever but there wasn't one where the flavor wasn't intense yeah. even if it wasn't your favorite favorite flavor i think like more of the misses at restaurants like this are where they're kind of like Meh. well something like, wasn't cooked this or, yeah, or it's like a little bland right, or underwhelming like at the very least every one of these dishes made you think and like think about food in a different way yeah so. agreed and and what was cool for me because uh, the whole point of doing this is like i want to see where my goal came from and after we've gone there you can see a lot of schwa at bardo for sure um they did like a fish dish that was really similar to like the one he has on the menu right now that white fish yeah but i would say i mean he's hasn't been there for six years so but just no the i way know it, but just a, i'm sure that's just a style that they do the way they do the small dishes and the way they played it and how they're everything's very intricate and the portions like you could definitely tell the portions are very very small similar and the flavors pop yeah. a lot so so it, it, very bold. It, if you're interested in charlotte culinary etymology mm-hmm definitely a, a schwa is a must visit it's worth a visit and I'm, that neighborhood is really cool too we went back there the next day to go to a coffee shop that olivia from updog her sister recommended adrian um shout out to adrian um adrian that was that's from rocky i forget what that place was called i know that's from rocky thank you um any other movie knowledge you want to share so with the group? so we should so the next day was saturday we didn't do any crazy things that was the day before the marathon well i was trying to think of the name but of we went to the donut shop. plant which was you know we went i huge fans of couple lots shout out to meg she used to live in chicago and she was like you gotta go to the donut plant they sell out really early so you gotta get there early so yvonne and i walked over there we didn't even know when it opened we ended up getting there 10 minutes before it opened so we were like the sixth person in line we got so lucky because by the time it opened there was like 100 people deep and these donuts were freaking delicious we got so lucky like the fact that there was no wait like they did an old-fashioned donut, but it's not like the Dunkin' Donuts donut. It was, it's almost like a fritter. And well, they're like cake donuts. They're like old-fashioned cake donuts. Yeah, but it had a and it, and then they did some filled donuts too. Like I had one that was filled with chestnut. But the old-fashioned fashion was so that was the best one, and they had special strawberry flavor that day, and it was baller. I really liked it. I posted that on my Instagram in case anyone it cares. Was, really special and like i i wish we had gotten more but then we also got an extra one that we got to, we didn't get to eat it went stale it was like a chocolate covered strawberry with like yeah. strawberry jam in the middle like totally enrobed in chocolate that was a filled one it was um honestly i we were like is it better than stands that's what we asked her and she was like i don't know yeah. they're both good. like honestly i didn't even want stands and i also didn't realize because we were in chicago a long time ago and i didn't realize stands was such a chain yeah, there's it's a still stand. Good, it's it's good, but there's one on practically every every corner, and I'm sure that the quality's gone down because of that. But um, Adrian recommended Cellar Door Provisions, yes, which is a really chill. They do dinner too, but a really chill brunch spot, and they make their own bread and their own pastries. That was very delicious too. Really good. Um, so, so I want to talk briefly about the pizza. Yes. So you're a Chicago pizza person. I'm not. I yeah. don't like the thick pizza. I like Uno's. We had one in Cincinnati growing up, and I know that's like a chain one but like they have unos in chicago Yvonne, you're a food blogger how can you like unos? oh i know i shouldn't even be allowed to be on instagram because instagram's only for very serious people who want to talk about serious food things that's something that came up this week also anyway let's talk about the chicago <laughs> pizza but we don't need to get into it right now yeah. um yeah so i like so we've had giordano's I'm not on our last shit out of this so visit you're not you're not you know you don't have to edit it i'm gonna say how i feel <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm going to say how I feel. So there's Giordano's, there's Lou Malnati's, which we've not had. Um, and then, so then there's this place called Pequod's, which was what Mike Knoll recommended. So I was a little bit on the fence about it because it's pan pizza, which is more like a Detroit style than like a traditional Chicago deep dish. Yeah. Um, I love, see, I, go ahead. No, you go. I like Pequod's. 
Jason liked it more. To me, I wasn't super impressed. I'd rather have like a Giordano's or a Nuno's. Yeah. Um, it was just different. Like the dough, it's it's fluffy inside. It's not like, like the dense. Um, but we got really lucky there too because we didn't have to wait that long. I'd say personally, I wouldn't wait longer than like a half an hour for that if you're in Chicago. Yeah. I think if you're there and there's no wait, or you're able to like, because they use the Yelp no wait app now. So, um, you know, if you're able to work it out, so you're not. Yeah, we tried to order a pizza and they're like, it, we'll, we'll <laughs> deliver it in three and a half hours. Three and a half hours to the hotel. You're like, room. ah, never mind. But then you got that other one that you really liked. Yeah. I forget what that oh, one was yeah. called, but that was like a traditional. Yeah. But anyway, um, we also went to this Chicago pizza and oven grinder place yes. that Amanda Britton had recommended. She'd seen it on a food show. Um, and it's like a pizza pot pie and it comes out looking like a giant mushroom. Uh, and they put like mushrooms um, and a meat sauce and cheese and then they cover it with the dough and then they flip it out to serve it, like flip it upside down. We thought that was pretty cool. Like we thought that like the ingredients weren't that quality. Like yeah, it's bread the, and no, cheese. No, the problem was sauce, the bread. So the good. bread wasn't good. If the bread would have been good, it would have yeah. been fantastic. The bread could have been better. The concept is awesome. Execution not good. And I'd say the same thing for there. Like we got super lucky. We waited about a half an hour, but then for it actually to come to your table is like another forty-five minutes. Yeah. So I'd say if you happen upon that and the wait's not long, go for it. I would not wait. Yeah. I would not wait hours and hours for that, or else I think you'd be disappointed. But good yeah. if you can get it. Yeah. Um, all right. So now let's get on to Alinea. Let's get to why we came why to Chicago. We went, yeah. So Jason, why I the finished marathon. the marathon, I was like, there's only one reason to live. And that's it. I got to come to Alinea tonight. I can't not, I can't die on this marathon trail. So we really wanted to go to the gallery. Um, we were not able to get the gallery. And once we showed up at Alinea, it was pretty obvious why, because the gallery probably has about 15 seatings. Okay. So let's back up. So I was going to say Alinea, that. The wait list? No, there's three options. Okay. At Alinea. There's the salon, which we went to, which is two stories. The salon's the second story. It's basically a normal dining room. It's a 12 to 14 course experience. The gallery, which is the first floor where the kitchen is, they only have 16 seats down there. So, and they only have two seatings. So they're only serving 32 people there a night. And it's like 14 And it's a lot of four courses. tabletops. I would say... My biggest suggestion is if you want to go to Alinea, try and go with four people because you'll it'll be much easier for you to get a reservation mm-hmm. than two because there's everyone only has two and wants to go. Um, and then they also have a kitchen table which only seats six people and they only serve it to a to you can't get it like one or two people. Six people have to reserve it and they only do that twice a night. And that's actually in the kitchen, which is pretty cool. That would have been awesome. Also, let me say for the, so you're able to get on the wait list. Yeah. So we were on the wait list for the gallery and we each got emails on it, but we didn't get our emails. So I will just say, if you were on the wait list, because we didn't know how they were going to contact us. We didn't know, like they didn't yeah. say like what well, we're going to email you. So be looking, I kind of thought they would call, um, but they actually release the wait list the same way they do. Like it's all automated. It's, it's, yeah. It's like to everyone who's on the wait list at the same time. So if you are on the wait list, like around, it came out at like one thirty. Um, so I would be like checking your email around them, like, or any, probably from like 12 until two, just like be checking your email obsessively so you can jump on that. Cause we both missed it. Yeah. Um, and as I've, so I started writing up Alinea today, the actual review. And as I've looked at other people's reviews who have been to both, they basically say that the gallery, you're basically getting the same meal as both. There's like one or two added things, but it's not that much different. Um, the biggest difference is you get to go, you do one course that's in the kitchen. So you basically have your first course separately, you know, each table and they bring everyone together, um, in the kitchen to have a shared little stack. And then you go back and then you have the rest of your meal. And also our server said they do more interactive things. Like they have different lighting, um, yeah. scenes for each course. She said one time they put a bunch of fall leaves on the ground cause they wanted like the crunch of the leaves cause it was like an autumn dish. And so, you know, it's more of like an immersive experience, yeah. I but think it you get a lot been, of the same dishes. Like would I have rather gone to the gallery? Yes. But I didn't feel at the salon like I missed anything. Yeah, we were really worried that we were going to feel disappointed. And once she told us that, and like from what you just said, like, I don't feel like I don't feel like we didn't have, you know. I don't feel like we, we had missed, a bad experience. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, I'd like to go back and do that, but I feel like pretty solid on what we did. So if you can only get into the salon, don't be too sad. Okay. Let's get into. What we ate. No, let's get into the atmosphere. So. Okay. You walk in. 
and they take you up this flight of stairs and you're in this they have basically have three different rooms and we were taken to the back room and there was three or four other tables there and it felt as soon as we walked in a lot like Austria Francescana mm-hmm. same kind of color pattern and feel it felt like a classical timeless play almost like you were in a you could have been in France in 1920 you could have been in Chicago in 2019 like it it didn't it was kind of generic almost purposefully because they they redid the whole um everything two years ago so it used to be much more modern and stark and they've they've changed it to make it more classical and timeless so we walk in there's no windows we're in there which is one of the things we hated about Austria Francescana. Yeah, so we're thinking, oh shit, like, is this going to be a repeat of Austria? Um, it wasn't. No, and it's, when we were talking about it, like, we think a lot of that has to do with the servers. And I think we might have just gotten really lucky because the servers all were pretty nice, but we particularly had one lady who had a really good sense of humor. Like, she had us laughing out loud. Like, she was kind of dry and droll and. Like, she really made the experience. Yeah, but it was different because when we were at Austria, like, it felt like you were at a museum. No one was talking <coughs> at all. Like, right. here, like, everyone was having a, a good time. And the dishes reflect that. Like, the the dishes are fun and whimsical. And it's and it's a theater experience. It's an experience at Linnea. Like, yeah, it didn't feel like a mausoleum the way Austria felt. And so, so we had 17 courses. I which counted them. It did not feel like it. And... Another thing that was very cool, which I hope more fine dining restaurants go to this, it was two hours and 15 minutes. Which is the perfect length. Which um, Chef Atkins, or Achans. <laughs> Akez. Akez. Um, sorry, we mispronounced your know. name. You're the man. Um, he he said, like, no one wants to have a five-hour dining experience anymore. It's totally true. Like, like you don't want to sit there for all those courses and, and just, like, it's – it's too long. Yeah, and Bon Appetit has a piece in this month's issue where they say like the fine dining restaurants are moving away from the idea of trying to kill you with food. Yeah, which is how we felt. Um, At Blue Hill and Blue Hill, literally. El like, de I was on Death's Door. Saison uh, was kind of like too much food. I like, think I thought Saison was a good I thought amount. Was a lot. The um, but. But yeah, so but like compared, in other words, like you have to get your four hundred dollars worth. You're gonna leave here like of some foie gras that yeah. walks. And what I <laughs> and what I was talking about earlier with like Schwa didn't feed us enough. Like the two restaurants that have done it perfectly were Noma and Alinea. Like I walked out of Alinea and I was perfect. I wanted a little bit more, but I was perfectly full, and that's how I felt at Noma. And I wanted a little bit more time wise at both Noma and Alinea, but that's perfect. I'd rather yeah. leave wanting it to keep going like, versus I want to awesome. get off this ride, which yeah. is how you feel at Blue Hill. Like, please, like, can I yeah. go to sleep under this table? You just brought me an entire loaf of bread and it is the, the 20th last course. course. Yeah. <laughs> and it's an entire loaf. And can I put it in my purse? Yeah. Um, yeah. The, so the right amount of food. Okay. Yeah, they you want to, you want to leave wanting a little bit more, mm-hmm. but you want to feel like you had an awesome experience, but you want a little bit more. And yeah. that's exactly what Linnea Noma do. So they don't do Perfectly. the, they don't do liquor. Um, I wish I would have gotten the wine pairing because I ended up getting three glasses of wine and I can't imagine the pairing is too much more. It might be four. Um, but I asked for an orange wine and they didn't have it, but they gave me one that was very similar. Like it had like kind of like that orange wine is like a fermented wine. So it almost has like a stinky cheese (laughs) aftertaste. Um, and they brought one that had that sort of, um, had that feel. So that was nice. And Jason had. Yeah. So everything in Olivia is top notch. Sparkling cider. Yeah. So they, I mean, obviously it's a three Michelin star restaurant. They're going to have an excellent sommelier, excellent service. Everything was top notch. What I think, you know, sets a place like this apart is so I didn't do alcohols. I just run the marathon and it was eight o'clock and I was like, I can't drink any alcohol. So I asked for an iced tea. They're like, we have code products. They, they didn't do like a juice period or anything. So they had the non-alcoholic cider. They don't really do cider. mocktails, although they made you one. Yeah. He, and they did make a mocktail, But they weren't going to awesome. do like a mocktail pairing or no. anything. No. So, and then it was I nice. asked for iced tea. Mm-hmm. And they brought out this iced tea, which was the best iced tea I've ever had. And Yvonne, my sweet bride, um, 
ordered the same tea after for my birthday, which was a sweet too, which was very nice. But just the fact that like they they think about the iced tea and like what tea we're going to use and how we're going to brew it. And it comes out and it's perfect. Like that's, it's the little details. Well, and the fact places. that they make it fresh too. I mean, they brewed it and then iced it. I mean, that's pretty amazing. But, and also yeah. like the mocktail, like they didn't really do that, but Jason asked for it and they did it. And the other thing, so shout out to them for doing that. And also it was the fastest sommelier service we've ever had. Like normally, even at a fine dining restaurant, like if I, if you want a glass and you're ordering by the glass, you better order ahead of when you want it. Cause you know, they have other tables that takes a long time. Like when I asked for a glass of wine, it was at the table within 45 seconds. Yeah. And he, which is pretty insane. Well, and you said, I want an orange wine. Yeah. That's all you said. Yeah. And, and he was like, okay, I got something for you. They yeah. didn't have orange wine, but he got, and he opened it special. Like they weren't yeah. already using it. And I only had a glass. So that was super nice. Um, and the same thing with the coffee and the tea, like I always get nervous. Cause like, you know, I like to have like, I didn't get any coffee and tea here, but I noticed at the other tables, like, they'll bring it out like at the end of the dessert course. And I like to have it with it. And I noticed that they were like, they were just so fast with the drinks, which was really incredible. All right. So let's talk about some of what we yeah, ate. Okay. Overall. So another thing that was unique for Alinea that we haven't had is they served multiple dishes at one time. Mm-hmm. So they would do, so I said we had 17 courses and it was like, I would say this was like going to a theater play. So they had different acts and each act had three to four different dishes in it so except for the first one which i want to talk about really quickly because it was so interesting i can't really decide how i feel about it but you didn't really like it that much so our first yeah so tell what the first one was. so it was a concord grape jelly it was like a big like a globe of jelly that was clear so it wasn't big this was like literally four bites this is an amuse-bouche it was tiny um and then a parsnip tofu that was in the shape of like a geode which was really cool. And then some trout roe. And so everything was like either clear or white or yellow, like in color. So that was, it felt fall. It was really, yeah, the whole, the whole tasting was very fall, very fall. Um, and I thought that was cool. You didn't like it. You didn't think it went together. Well, see, I'm no, it wasn't that I'm just not a grape. I'm not a great man. I loved all those textures together because the the textures were great. Really smooth. It was all about the textures. Like, you know, it was a gel. And then the, you know, the kind of like the popping boba of the row was really cool. Um, so yeah, we had a corn dish, a corn, like you said, like it was so many different components and that was amazing. So it was a corn soup that was made with fries, fried, fried, freeze dried, freeze dried corn, freeze dried. And then they had a cracker of the Wila Coche, which is the mold that grows on corn, which I've always wanted to try. I've only had it. We'll have that in Mexico for sure. I had that with my friend Daniela shout out. She probably doesn't listen to the pod, but she... No, I think she does. We had it. Um, she's Mexican, and I went to visit her in San Diego once, and we went to this... One of my favorite brunches I've ever had, and they made, like, the tacos. Like, they were pressing the corn tortillas right there, and you that's could get awesome. a taco with this... Oh, that's so cool. ...with this um, fungus. I actually remember so hearing good. about it on the Food Network, like, when I was in high school or college, and I'm like, that's freaking crazy, and this is the first time I've had it. Um, and, yeah, like you said, I'm sure we'll see it in Mexico. But, yeah, so it was, like, a Wheel Coche... Cracker. So Chicago has a really large Mexican population. I'm pretty sure second to LA in the whole sit in the whole country. I could be wrong about that, but it has a really large population. That's where um, Rosio Sanchez from Noma now Sanchez. She's from Chicago. So I feel like this was kind of an an ode to that. And there was a lot of that at Schwa too. We had a whole corn thing there. Next course. The next course was like an ode to Tom Ka Gai soup. No, so it, w- it was Southeast Asian street food. Yeah, but it, it had all the flavors of Tom Ka Gai soup. It was like lemongrass, lime, um, and this, you noticed like the centerpiece. So, so the yeah. centerpiece had been on the table the whole time, and it was a part of this dish. So they come and they pour steaming, boiling water into it. Um, with the limes and the lemongrass and it coconut and the coconut and all of the flavors like came out and infused all over the table. So you, so you have this like dry ice aroma coming out and then you're drinking this coconut curry. It's like a Tom Kagai soup, which was delicious. They had this barbecued octopus. Fantastic. They had a, um, it was a prawn and chili, like a profiterole. Yeah. That was great. And then, so and they had a um, king crab little, it's almost like a sushi roll. Yeah, it was. It was a sushi roll. And it came out like on this giant crystal crab. So another thing they're known for in Linea is they spend a lot of time on the plateware. Mm-hmm. So they so you drank the soup of, soup 
God, I can't talk. Dear Lord, did I just have a stroke? I think so. <laughs> you drink the soup out of a conch, a glass conch. So you're like Ariel from The Little Mermaid, or Ariel. I don't know however you say it. And then um, the crab was in a glass crab. Very cool. Yeah, the plating was all awesome for this. Um, the next dish was rabbit, like a million different ways. This was crazy. Um, they had like a foam and then they had these mushrooms, but then like the, the rabbit was cut in the same shape as the mushrooms and they were all sort of shaped like kidney beans. Yeah. Like it was a, it was like the shape. You know what this one reminded me of? Made you question the flavor. You're like, am I eating? It was almost like a lima bean or a kidney bean. Like it had this weird texture in a really good way, but it was very, um, this was like the caveman dish to me. It was like, we're going back to 10,000 BC and they served the rabbit. It looked like Fred Flintstone. So was yeah, like in the a, front of the table, they had like a little, like a, a burning coal that they cooked these, this rabbit that was on a bone um, and right in the middle. And then they had like a rabbit foie gras truffle. It was so rich. I mean, of course, like, you know, rabbit is, rabbit's not gamey, um, but it has a very deep, intense flavor. Yeah. And this was, this was really good. Yeah. I like this dish. It wasn't. I know you said that truffle was one of your favorites. To me, nothing in this dish really stood out. This one was kind of forgettable to me. The only thing that stood out for that is the truffle thing, because that was such a good bite. I enjoyed the presentation. I liked it all. But see, this is kind of like a differentiator from schwa for me. Like, it wasn't... I wasn't going, oh, my God, which was what I was thinking pretty much the whole time at schwa. Like, I'm having a religious experience in my mouth. Like, it was like, this is very good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like, which is... You know, I'd rather have the former. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the next one was inspired by Michigan. Shout out to um, Chrissy Beth and AJ. So Chr- Chrissy Beth's husband is from the same place in Michigan where Grant Atchez is from. Yeah. Um, and he just opened up a new diner there, which was supposed to be really cool. Um, but he took the oak leaves, which is yeah. supposed to be like a Michigan fall dish. And the oak leaves are on top of like a burner, sort of giving off this, yeah. you know, oaky fall scent over the whole dish. And, and then you describe the rest of the and dish. And they had a duck bun in there, which was delicious. And then, so at the same time this is all going on, they have uh, trumpet mushrooms, which are just being grilled over um, coals. Just like sitting there. It's been sitting there for a while. And then they bring this layer of foie gras which they put on top of the trumpet mushroom and it has a blueberry compote too which we ate the layer of foie gras love a trumpet mushroom and i've I've told you this is like a recent thing i'm not super into foie gras this is how i like it yeah like the way when it's so subtle thin it has to be thin i don't like a big a big piece of it makes me feel like i want to throw up Um, and i liked pairing it with the mushroom because they have very similar textures um, and actually a pretty similar richness. And I thought that worked well together. That was a cool dish. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know. I'm thinking back on it. I don't know. I liked it, but the flavors didn't blow my mind on that one either. Now, the next one blew my freaking mind. So this is like a staple Alinea dish. And I didn't remember this from the chef's table or remember hearing about and it. not all tables got this the, so we felt special as far as we're aware we were in a room with three other tables five right five. Yeah. my back was to it i was just facing yeah. you um but we did not see any other table get this this was like an in-between course between the um you know the oak leaves and the next one so it was the w- truffle explosion yeah and it was very similar to the dish at schwa where it's just one single piece of ravioli with the truffle inside and that was the dish where I was saying like, holy shit, holy shit. Like this is like, it was just bursting with flavor and umami and oh my God, that was good. Yeah. I could have 10 of those. I could have a billion. I feel really happy that we got that and really lucky. Cause that really put it over the edge for me. Yeah. I love that. So the net, the next one, they bring out a song. Yeah. So this was the William tell overture. I forget who the composer was, but he was, he was the really composer big. is Rossini. Rossini, allora. And he's they named a dish after him. Yeah, and, and, in the, France. and the dish is traditionally made. It has steak, truffles, and uh, garlic. I think it was foie gras too, like all together. So 
they did a play on that and they basically brought out the ribeye cooking in the in the pot they they cut it for us there they have a really nice truffle emulsion and then they had a french fry emulsion too which when she said that i went huh i know he made such a oh, we didn't even talk about the fact that you hiccup i hiccup so loud at one point during the dinner this was like marathon jason coming out because he held it together he didn't fall asleep but at one point dead silent in the room and jason just hiccups i didn't even know i was hiccuping <laughs> and it was hilarious. so loud and it was so embarrassing but yeah you did make a giant orgasm noise for the french i love fire this emulsion. and also chef sam hart did a french fire emulsion at our dinner um in homage to alinea last week too so i really like this dish i thought legit tasted like french fries that I, emulsion. I think sometimes you know, restaurants try to get too crazy and they don't serve like a nice steak. And I liked a nice steak dish. You like, always miss it when they that. don't do meat. Not I, not necessarily, but I like it. I don't think you're wrong. I like to, I, I like, I like this. Well, I think it helps make you feel full. Like it is nice to have, like, unless yeah. you're a vegetarian, like I think a lot of meat eaters need a meat course to feel sated. I agree. This was the most perfectly cooked piece of meat that I've probably ever had in my life. Um, the French fry emulsion, like I was like, it won't really taste like French fries. It's just going to oh, taste did, though, like baby. a potato, oh, yeah. but no, it really did. Oh yeah, baby. It was amazing. Um, it's just the right amount too. Like there was just enough to get the, like a bite of sauce yeah. with every piece of meat. It was perfect. Okay. Well, now we got to get to what Alinea is known for, which is the desserts. Yes. So we've had this discussion before with Osteria and with other places. It's like, Alinea started in 2005, so it's been around for 14 years. It got to number six in the in the world's 50 best in 2011. So it's been three Michelin stars for a long time. Like it's hit the pinnacle of restaurants, pretty much. And once you get known for doing something in 2005, yeah, <laughs> it's kind of hard to get away from it. So sometimes we think that things at these restaurants can feel a little dated or passe just because other chefs have started and doing a, them. And you have to. It's a really delicate balance because people come and they want the balloon. They want the thing they've seen on TV. They want the balloon from Alinea. But you also want like your own experience. You have to, the restaurant has to move forward. I think, you know, we, we saw this at Noma where they were number one in the world for four years, shut the whole place down, completely reinvented themselves. Alinea kind of did that. They, it used to be, you know, a five hour experience. They completely redid the whole restaurant and changed the way they do things a couple of years ago. And I think they did a great job of mixing like, yeah, I wanted the, I wanted the balloon, but we got all these other cool dishes too that were like, oh, this is awesome. Like this is our experience for this menu. Those are going to change. But like, I still got to have the classic balloon and I got to have this painted, um, yeah. and I will say no one, too. as far as these desserts, like I haven't seen any other chef painting on the table or having a helium balloon. Well, you see like. You know, Osteria, they had the, oops, I dropped the limitar, which was kind of painted stuff on the yeah, plate. That's just on a plate. That's no no comparison. So but, let's talk about the balloon. No, well, let's start with the painted. So Well, the balloon was first, wasn't it? No. Oh, okay. Go ahead. So they bring out a, what looks like, so so the tables were aluminum at top, or metal. I don't know if they were aluminum, but they were metal. And then they bring out what looks like a like tablecloth. It was a rubber tablecloth. But you, you didn't, you couldn't really tell it was rubber. Yeah, you could. Well, if you, okay, <laughs> like I mean, you're gonna it was supposed it. to be a play. Like, hey, we're putting on a tablecloth. Like, it didn't it it didn't like a crazy rubber thing. It was gray. Like, it looked like a tablecloth. You might disagree, but that's from afar. When I saw, I mean, you knew you were gonna about to eat off of it. it was I a did not know that cloth. when when I saw someone else get it, I was like, oh, they're setting up like a fancy okay. course. But maybe that was just me. Anyway, they bring the tablecloth out, and then a chef comes out. And he starts just like throwing, almost painting stuff. Okay, you're looking at me weird. You just tell the story. No, you go ahead. No, no, you tell it. Jason. You tell the story. You didn't like it. (laughs) You just tell it. (laughs) You tell it. Now you're going to have to edit this out. No, I'm not. Okay, they painted. So they start throwing things on the table. I guess you didn't like the way I said that. But they start painting things. Um, they have a strawberry shortcake emulsion. They had a creme de mint emulsion. And then they had, um, it was mango. passion fruit or mango. And then they, and then they have, they throw a gooey chocolate cake on there. They throw 
a... <laughs> no one was throwing anything. Okay. <laughs> Do you just say what it was then? I'm just joking around with you. I'm just saying they gently placed it. <laughs> you make it sound like they're throwing things across the restaurant. Well, they were. They were. It wasn't like they were like gently placing it. They were dropping it. Okay. So they're dropping things. And then the final thing they drop is Alinea Magic Dust, which we're not quite sure what it is. But uh, we got like two minutes. Okay. Um, and that was delicious. Yeah, it was like a purple. They had also had like a purple um, freeze dried powder. Yeah, that was really good. Um, and it was really lavender. It was lavender. It was really cool because all of the chefs um, who came out and it was a chef. You know, it's on a server. They all painted it in a different way. Yeah, slightly different. However, they're feeling that night or whatever. So like all the tables get a different experience there. And because this was the main dessert, like we did have the balloon after, I was worried that it wouldn't be enough food because when you look at it on the table, like it, it looks was a like, big dessert. It looks like a tiny little piece of cake with some sauce, but it was super filling. It was a lot. Like we almost didn't finish it. We did, but like it was, it was a lot and it was enough. Um, and I think that was like partially like how we got full enough was this dessert. And then they brought out the balloon. Yeah. So, which is crazy. So we've all seen the balloon from chef's table. I didn't think it was going to like, you're like, how is this going to taste good? So it, it's green apple toffee or taffy as the balloon. And then it's um, like apple fruit leather. fruit leather. Yeah. And so you're supposed to, and it goes fast. So you have to move quickly because you want to get your picture, but you also have to eat it. So you're supposed to like kiss the balloon and inhale. And then it's funny because like, you know, you're not really going to get a good picture at that point because the balloon like deflates on your face yeah. basically. And you've got taffy got all over the that. place. Um, but you get to like talk funny with the You know helium. what I really like? When people write outside the studio are just making tons of noise and being rude. Yeah, I know. It's funny to me. Like when you come at Hoogaf and you ha- there's a podcast in there and you're waiting and the person's not over their time, why don't you use your indoor voices? Yeah. Maybe, it's annoying maybe me. we should get a sign. Yeah, it's annoying me too. But let's, so let's wrap up Alinea because we have to go. Yeah. Um, Got some rude ass. So I'll say overall, and this is what I wrote in the blog thing. Like, when was the height of Alinea? Was it 2011? Maybe. But I didn't feel like in 2019 that we had a bad experience, and I felt like it was awesome, and we got to experience Alinea, and I would recommend anyone to go there. I feel like they've done a good job, like, keeping up and changing, and it was a really, really good experience. Like, I'm not really sure, like, where I'm going to place it so far. I think I'm still thinking about it, but it was not a letdown in any sense. It's a top five for me. Yeah. It's above schwa. And the reason why it's above schwa, schwa's food was, I think, better. But the overall experience in Alinea was better. So when I look back, like, I'm going to think about my dinner at Alinea more than I'm going to think about my dinner Yeah, I think, schwa. And I think that's the danger of, like, going, like, too casual is that it doesn't yeah. quite stick as much. Agreed. So, all right. Well, let's let these loud-ass people come in here. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Good we can't say our best thing we ate, but we did go to two michelin Wait, yeah. star almost three michelin yeah it would have been hard so so all right have a good too, week though. everybody love you too quiet on the set